This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to our first leg of our GTC triple header on this fine Wednesday. We are on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. Then you can watch us on TSN television on TSN 1 and 5 at 1 p.m. And let's just say you're working, you, you missed it, you missed that airing. No problem. TSN 2, 7 p.m. Catch us over dinner as Mark likes to do, catch us over a glass of Brunello or something, watch us talk about the WGC, Dell Technologies match play, and everything around it. A busy show again today. Mark is going to be with us for hour one. Bob is going to be with us for hour two. Mark joins us now from Casa de Campo. Mark, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, Scully. My allergies have kicked in this morning, so if you hear a little congestion in a voice, I don't know what it was that uh, got me, but uh, there's so much, like, like the flowers down here in the gardens, like everything's constantly growing, right? Like, I mean, it's, you're just growing 12 months a year. Nothing's dormant. It's always growing, which is why it's so beautiful. But at the same time, if you have any, you know, if, if that kind of stuff bugs you a bit, I think I might load up with the Benadryl, but I'm scared to, scared to go for a nap after the old Benadryl this afternoon. So we'll wait and see, but all good. Man, we're close to like, we have like 2,000. Almost 2,000 people already registered for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Today's day three, so that's in two days. I mean, we haven't even gotten to Master's Week yet when we officially start the 20 weeks. I mean, yeah, it's been cool. It's been fun. Right now, I got the Dell Match Play early coverage on golf channel in Spanish on up here in, in uh, in the hotel room. (laughs) <laughs> now, it, it, you, we talked about this a little bit. Your Spanish is uh, not not no great. Bueno. No bueno. <laughs> maybe no bueno. maybe we take some time now. Not now, but at some point here, and you know, we 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 learn the basics. You know, birdie, bogey, tee shot. Maybe perhaps. maybe I go to work for Golf Channel Latino America. Okay. Call some golf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're brainstorming here. Now we're spitballing here. But you know, you like you mentioned, uh, WGC classic. Dell Technologies match play. Different event this week. A because it's match play. B because it's actually going on as we speak. So these Wednesday shows, yeah. generally we've been yeah. looking ahead to that week. We're still looking ahead as not many matches are underway. But we'll talk about the fantasy angle heading into this week. Uh, lots going on in the world of golf. We're also going to hear, I should say, before we hit news and headlines, we're going to hear from Mason Dennison from Adidas. He oh. is the man behind the new ZG23 shoe. I had a chance to catch up with Mason in Los Angeles about five weeks ago. He's been on our show many times, and we haven't played this on television yet. We will probably shortly after the Masters. But, uh, Mark, have you had a chance to wear the ZG23 shoes yet? Not yet. Uh, did they send any to the house yet, Adam? Have they sent any home? Because I haven't been home, right? So they could be sitting at home. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to checking out. Have you? I guess you wore it in L.A., right? Yeah. So I wore them in L.A. and I thought they were they're great performance on the golf course. But more importantly, they they were more for me more comfortable. I had them on for probably eight hours between putting them on about ninety minute bus ride to the air to the uh, to the golf course. 
call it five hours between playing and eating afterwards, 90 minutes back. I'm not sure what, yeah, that's about eight hours. And my feet yeah. were totally fine. And it's a great performing shoe, very comfortable, comes in a bunch of different colors too. So we'll talk all about the ZG23 and how long it really was in the works. But lots to get to today. Let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Okay, Mark, off the top, last week on our Wednesday show, we spent upwards of an hour talking about the USGA and RNA's proposal to roll back the golf ball, a local rule for elite competitions. And we spent a lot of that time speaking very, very, very negatively about it. We heard from PGA Tour players about it, too. We have a full segment coming up on our television show today where a lot of the players were saying, we don't like this. And we hadn't heard any player speak positively about mm -hmm. this until now. And the guy who does it, none other than Rory McIlroy. Okay, so if Rory's coming out and saying it, he said, and I quote here, this is from the No Laying Up podcast, for elite level play, I really like it. I know that's a really unpopular opinion amongst my peers, but I think it's going to help identify who the best players are a bit easier. Mark, when you heard that Rory was for this, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I love Rory. I think we all do. Um, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. And four or five years ago, Tiger Woods was vocal about his uh, belief that there should be a, a specific ball for the professional game. So Tiger was in support of it. Jack Nicholas has always been in support of it. Uh, but out of the current modern-day crop of players, to your point, Adam, this is the only guy. So he's a bit of a lone wolf. So I think he's kind of out on a limb on his own, unfortunately, on this one for Rory. I don't think he's going to get a lot of support. I also think Rory's making a bunch of assumptions here, too. He goes on to suggest that it's going to bring aspects of the game and shot-making back that have been eliminated in the last couple of decades. So what are we saying there? So let's read between the lines and what Rory is suggesting. Rory is assuming that capping a golf ball in distance is going to be done by adding more spin to the ball, i.e. a golf ball we used to play in the 90s or a golf ball we used to play in the 80s, a spinnier golf ball, thus allowing the ball to go shorter but create more shaping, moving the golf ball again. As you're aware, Adam, Tiger is like one of the last guys always still looking for a spinnier, spinnier golf ball. It's only until the most recent return that he dropped the spinny golf ball, right? So there's an assumption there because nowhere in this proposal does it say how these governing bodies want these manufacturers to, to limit this golf ball. Nowhere does it say, oh, we want you to go make a spinny golf ball or it's on you or you got to go back to Bob's point. You got to go back to R&D and spend millions of dollars and figure out how to peel this golf ball back, how you're going to do it. So Rory's making a lot of assumptions just because they're suggesting they're going to limit the distance doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to get that spinny ball. and He thinks those shots are going to come back into play. Let's also put something else out there too, Rory. From 150 to 175 yards on the PGA Tour is 17th in strokes gain approach. Inside 150, he's 189 from 125 to 150. So gap wedge, sand wedge, pitching wedge, he's almost 200th on the PGA Tour. So, And he did suggest that there was some self-serving uh, reasons why he wanted uh, a golf ball to go shorter. 
Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. A, your point about Tiger switching to the golf ball in this latest comeback, it makes so much sense now because people were were kind of going crazy about how was he out driving Justin Thomas? How was he out driving Rory McIlroy? Well, case in point, he was using a golf ball for the majority of his career, if not all of his career until just now, that was going 10 to 15 yards shorter because he wanted that control. But I want I want to bring up this quote here from Rory, another one before we segue. And he said, honestly, for me, the major championships are the biggest deal. So if the PGA Tour doesn't implement it, I might still play the model local rule ball. So the reduced ball, because I know that'll give me the best chance and best pre preparation leading into the major championships. So that actually makes sense to me, because if, right. if you're going to just play a different golf ball for two of the majors as of this point right now, and a different ball for the rest of the year, that makes no sense, because... Uh, um, for two weeks of the year, you're flying your driver X, and for the other weeks, you're flying it 20 yards farther. That See, that line actually makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, and players are going to have choices, and maybe they start switching golf balls mid-year. Like, if a PGA Tour, if the PGA Tour, the PGA of, a, uh, you know, PGA Tour, PGA of America and, and, are, and are, are using a standard, the current standardized ball, and you've got, you know, maybe the Masters, who knows, Open Championship, U.S. Open. I mean, so do you just say, okay, this is my golf ball, but two weeks before Augusta, I'm going to switch to that ball to get ready, just to get the feel, the numbers. Who knows what it does around the greens? I mean, this to me, this is insane. I don't think that I'll go again. I don't think this happens, Adam. I don't believe I this happens. I believe we land exactly where we landed with drivers. Okay, guys, this is it. Ball ain't going any further. Get used to it. So your current crop of TP5, TP5X, Pro V1s, Bridgestone, Strixons, they're all legal, but this is where it is. This is where it ends. So if you want to sell golf balls and sell different kinds of golf balls and help players get better, these are the rules. You got to work within these current rules. And TaylorMade has done that. Okay, hold on. Let, since we have banned COR, since we have limited heads to, to 460, what has TaylorMade done? Uh, twist face, everybody's gotten straighter, right? Geometry, uh, sim, they picked up one, two miles an hour in speed on the shape of the head, smarter geometry. Okay, now carbon, stealth, another two miles an hour. So we're not gaining leaps and bounds of 15, 20 miles an hour anymore. They've protected the game over the last 10 years by, like these manufacturers just had to get better. They had to get smarter. And some have and some haven't. We're lucky because we're with the manufacturer that was one of the ones that actually got smarter and better within the rules, you know, and they found different ways. And I'm fine with that. But I mean, the golf ball is going to have to go the same way. The golf ball is going to have to go the same way. Dimple patterns, uh, things like that. They're going to have to learn different ways to improve marginally on the golf ball, not eight yards better on the golf ball, right? It's, it continues to be a, a moving target, and uh, credit to No Lang Up. They've, they've had a great relationship with Rory McIlroy. Uh, to be completely blunt and honest, I tried to get Chris Solomon from No Lang Up on our show the, just after the Players' Championship. I'm going to reach out to him again and hopefully get him on at some point next week to really take a deep dive into this because there is a lot going into this story, and Rory McIlroy, the first to come out on a positive way in terms of this proposal and rollback. Uh, Mark, before we go to break here, because we have gone long already, but we're going to continue going long. Because surprise, the story, surprise. Surprise, shock, I know. Yeah, everybody, that's, that's a shock there. Uh, there was a story coming out last week from the Tucson Live event where Alan Shipnuck, 
was uh, in, was basically waiting outside of a meeting that all the players had talking mm -hmm. about some of the live finances and how they've really accelerated where they weren't planning on they, they thought last year was a huge success in terms of the players going over in terms of what kind of buzz that it received around the golfing world. But now it's come out that Liv is going to be cutting costs. You know, we saw last year these, it seemed like these great EDM concerts were going on every week. It seemed like, you know, players were flying private everywhere. There were all expenses, all this stuff going on. Even the media buffets were so good. But now that's no longer happening. They are cutting costs because, Mark, it seems like reality is really setting in for Liv. Yeah, listen, this this public investment fund has got their fingerprints all over the world, right? It's not just golf. We've got soccer. We've got tennis. We've got the world of arts, like opera houses and uh, museums. I mean, th their money is everywhere to kind of culture wash, sports wash, depending on where this money is. Uh, the the human rights record of Saudi Arabia. That That's what this is about. Okay. So how, regardless of that, I don't want to get into that argument because, you know, people, that, 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 that argument's gone tired. Right. The point is this, that public investment fund, in every other lane they're in, Adam, I mean, if, if they, eventually they're there to make money. Eventually this has to break even, it has to make financial sense, or they pull the chute and they go elsewhere. I've been told this by multiple people within the financial community that have a better understanding of how this fund operates and where their money is, well above our golf brain, okay? And I'm listening, and they're, they're, they have all told me that it is a three to five year window on most of their investments from a break even to profitable standpoint. Okay, we're, we're forecasting a $2 billion loss this year for live. Yeah. Billion, two wow. billion potential loss for Live Golf this year. So in, this is year two. So next year's year three. If we're still in this boat, I mean, is this league? I said to Bob and you in November of last year, I don't believe this league exists in three to four years. I don't. I still don't believe it exists. And this is this is the first step here in the process. To your point, reality setting it. Okay, guys. We need to figure this out. And the interesting thing here, they've pushed back on the players. Okay, guys, you are now team owners. You all wanted to be team owners. Everybody loved the idea of being a team owner. These guys can't sell lemonade in the desert on a lemonade stand, okay, for, uh, for a nickel. These guys have never done anything their entire life except hit a golf ball around a big green field and put it in a white hole. They don't know what it means to run a business, put it in a real work, like people listening today to our show who have real jobs and real bills and real this. And now they're being asked to manage their team money, share their team money, work their own expenses, sell their apparel brands, sell their logo, do their own licensing deals. No clue. They have no clue. Yeah, and lots of controversy too. You know, some guys thought it was only going to be 10 tournaments. Some guys thought their contracts this year were only for 10, not 14. It's a bit of a guessing game going on here, and, and their TV numbers continue. Hold on a second. Be... Hold on a second. Uh, this is breaking news, Adam. Are you suggesting that the Saudi Arabia government and Greg Norman may have not been transparent? <laughs> That's da, da, shocking. Da, 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 da. This is breaking news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, Liv, yeah, like I mentioned, the uh, the television numbers also going 
down there. They're oh. not great right now overall. And it's as as Bob was saying too, watching the final round, it was just kind of confusing, yeah, especially down the stretch. You got guys on the 14th hole, you got guys on the second hole. There are certainly there's some pros with what they've done. There are a lot of cons uh, like as they've done too. I don't know how Phil Mickelson's comments went under the radar last week in, in Tucson. He, he goes, you know, he was talking all political, and then somewhere in one of his pressers, he snuck in under the radar. He said, well, you know, if we have to go to 72 holes, if we have to consider a cut, you know, to get official World Golf ranking points, it's something we need to discuss. And he let it go, and no one followed up. I'm like, how do you not follow up? You were the guys out there preaching against no cuts, 54 holes, and every all this other stuff is... And now we're go- I mean, so now you're basically saying we're PGA Tour light. That's what it is. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Well, so. I, as as always, uh, Liv is back in a couple. Uh, Liv is back next weekend, I should say. And uh, Liv versus the PGA. That'll be a, a talking point as we get going towards the Masters, which hey, 15 days away until the opening tee nice. shot is hit for the Masters. Can't wait for that. But this week on the PGA Tour, it's a big one. The WGC Dow Technologies match play. On the other side, we're going to hear from the two favorites, Scotty Scheffler and John Rom. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside another Wednesday edition of GTC. Scully and Zucchino here, weeks joining in hour two. This week, it's golf's version of March Madness, the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship, Mark. Adam, I'm just, I uh, got my eyes on the screen and I had not heard comments from John Rom yet on the golf ball. Oh. And they just put up a quote and Rom suggested that he believes there are different ways in challenging the modern player and smarter ways than adjusting the technology and going after equipment. So John Rom against it. So it's Rory right now an island to himself in terms of the modern player. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot to take into it's It's great to hear all the different opinions about this. And I mean, the once and for all, we know, assuming he does play Tiger Woods, when he speaks at his pre Augusta uh, uh, press conference, he will be asked about it. And I'm, I'm very curious about his opinion, given our conversation a couple minutes ago, how he used a spinny golf ball that didn't go as far. And now he switches to a ball and he's hitting it past some of the longest hitters on the PGA Tour. Very interesting. Really curious how that uh, changes from here. But this week, it is the WGC Dell Technologies match play. They are playing match play. It's not win or go home. There is group play. And then heading into the weekend, that's where it is single knockout elimination. But right now on FanDuel, no surprise here, your overwhelming betting favorite is world number one, Scotty Scheffler. His odds to win are plus 750, followed by John Rahm at plus 1200, and Rory McIlroy at plus 1400. Before we hear from Scotty, before we discuss Scotty Scheffler, I should say, let's hear from the world number one. Good to be back in Austin. Uh, one of our favorite places to come visit. Definitely one of our favorite tournaments of the year. And 
Looking forward to this week. I, I love match play. I like the simplicity of it. All you have to do is just go out there and, and try and beat the guy that's in front of you. And if you don't, you lose. And if you, you beat him, you win. And so the simplicity of it is, is what I enjoy. And it's a, a nice change of pace throughout the year to have match play. And I think it's, it's going to be a fun week. And looking forward to the challenge. I got a, a good group of guys that I'm playing against in the first three matches. And it should be a, a fun challenge. Well, he mentioned the guys he's playing against. Tom Kim, Alex Norin, and Davis Riley. Mark, I'm pretty excited to see Tom Kim in this event, given what happened at the President's Cup last October for the international side. Now, given Scotty Scheffler, the way he has played coming into this event, two wins in his last four starts, defending champion here. Can he keep this momentum going this week? I think it's a thousand percent he should be the favorite, Adam. I know, you know, we were all over him in our fantasy world this week, and rightfully so for all the right reasons. You know, Tom Kim's certainly a sleeper, but that is a tough draw for Tom Kim. You know, he's going to play Davis Riley, Scotty Scheffler, in the first round. They've got an interesting history, those two. It's kind of, they go back to 2013. 13, the 2013 U.S. Junior Amateur Championship, Scotty Scheffler beat Davis Riley in that match. And Scott, and Davis Riley actually called a penalty on himself in that match, oh. funny enough. Yeah, so they go way back. Uh, and again, and then now they're going to open uh, as the opening match today. Another interesting stat that I stumbled across that I didn't realize um, until this year but, you know, we've been, you know, we, you and I have been chatting about, like, do we like this format? You know, Bob and I were talking about, like, we understood why they went to this format. Like, they're trying to keep players around. It's, you know, the one and done, you know, was a tough thing for players to swallow. At the end of the day, if you win your opening match in this group pool play format, if you win your opening match, you have an 80% chance. 80% chance of coming out of your pool. That's how important this opening round match statistically has been since going to this format. So yes, we're no longer one and done, but this Wednesday match historically means a lot if you want to get out of your pool play. There you go. And Scotty Scheffler is obviously the favorite to win his group at minus 140 right now on FanDuel, followed by Tom, Tom Kim at plus 330, Alex Noren plus 490, Davis Riley at plus 550. Now, I mentioned John Rahm, 12, plus 1200 to win the tournament overall. And his group, some would maybe say the group of death with Billy Horschel, Keith Mitchell, and Ricky Fowler, who's had a renaissance. We're going to hear from Fowler on the other side. But before we discuss John Rahm briefly here, let's hear from John Rahm. I'm excited. Um, it's too bad that this is the last edition of this tournament. Um, I absolutely love match play, so I'm hoping... You know, maybe it's just a one-year deal and we get a match play event back on the on the schedule. Um, so regards to the golf course, it's, uh, I think it fits match play very well. It's a golf course that it gives you a lot of opportunities. I think it equalizes play quite a bit, and, and you see, you know, very different people have it, having uh, success out here. Um, it's a fun one to play, and uh, I always look forward to it when I come. So John Rahm, he's back. He appears to be healthy after the withdrawal at the Players' Championship. Given the driver inconsistencies this season, Mark, which in match play you can say is good and bad, given you have to you have to be a little right. more aggressive given it is match play. What are your what's your overall outlook on Rom for this week? 
Yeah, you know, I think if he can keep it, if he can keep it in the goalposts off the tee, there, there's no reason why you know his, he shouldn't be one of the favorites. Uh, again, it's all going to start with that tee ball. I don't think you can give away holes early in an 18-hole match, Adam, by hitting uh, hitting it off the planet. So you know that that's certainly part of the equation for for Rom. I think if it's it's a hard thing to do, but I mean, this is a fun golf course, uh, Austin Country Club. It sets up for. There are times where you need to push the envelope and go for par fives and that drivable par four, this and that. But there are times where, hey, keep it in the fairway and maybe be the first guy playing into that green in a match play formula. How often have we seen that over the years, Adam? With you know, we saw Matt Kuchar do, uh, win here, Kevin Kisner win here, right? It's not always a bomber's paradise. And what do those players have in common, Kuch and Kiz? Well, if they're finding the short grass, they get to hit the first shot into the greens. Now, maybe they're giving up twenty yards. But if you're hitting first and you hit one tight, you get to apply the pressure to the other guy, right? That's the beauty of match play. So yes, you give up some distance off the tee, but if you're on point, you can now, you can dictate the pressure as the day goes on, hitting first into par fours, par fives, et cetera. So, um, Rom doesn't have to hit driver all the time is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. A long-winded way of suggesting that maybe gearing down, especially out of the gates against Ricky Fowler, might be a good play for John Rom. John Rom plus 125 to win his group, followed by Rick, followed by Keith Mitchell, I should say, at plus 280. Ricky Fowler plus 300. Billy Horschel plus 460 to win group two. Coming up on the other side, we'll discuss some of the other stars and their outlook for this week at the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sakino. We are previewing and looking at the WGC Dell Technologies match play, which is underway as we speak, a special Wednesday to Sunday this week on the PGA Tour. As they say, it's golf's version of March Madness. Not what it once was in terms of one versus 64 single knockout elimination. Group play now. So we spent the first, uh, we talked about uh, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, who were the two betting favorites heading into this week. Let's go a little further down the board now where Rory McIlroy and Patrick Cantlay currently are tied for the third shortest odds to win at plus 1400 let's start with rory in his group he has keegan bradley denny mccarthy and scott stallings now mark the last time we saw rory in action was the players championship and he clearly did not have his best stuff he missed the cut by a lot and he did not play the weekend but now there are some rumors going out that he went to augusta national and absolutely tore it up during a practice session with a shorter driver shaft and a new putter. What can we expect from McElroy this week? Good question, Adam. Who, like, who really knows? And that's the thing with Rory. I mean, when he's in full flight, forget it, right? But if he's had a practice round at Augusta National in full flight, that kind of means nothing, right? It, 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 ha- it seems to be, 
how can Rory perform when everybody's watching him, when everybody's waiting for him? And can he get out of the gates? Like some of his best performances in recent years have been like really when, when he's under the radar and nobody's watching, right? 173rd in strokes game putting on the PGA Tour, right? That, thus, he put a Scotty Cameron, an old Scotty Cameron, or a version of a Scotty Cameron that looks like his old Scotty Cameron, in the bag this week, to your point with the shorter driver's shaft. I don't know. I, can you win? It, it, sometimes putters, just the change. You know how the newness lasts, and, and maybe it sparks, and you see how long it lasts for. I don't know. Can you win match play events not making putts? That answer is no. Um, be curious to see. Like, would it surprise you, Adam? With Keegan Bradley, who are the other players in that pool? There, there are some th- pretty good players there. Yeah, Keegan Bradley, Denny McCarthy is one of the best putters in the PGA Tour. Best putter. Yeah. Okay. So would you be surprised if Rory didn't come out? Like, I expect Rory, like, he is one of the best players in the world, and he gets hot enough times in a year where he's going to win three or four times. Like, I still think he's going to win a bunch of times this year. But... The difference is the lot, he doesn't have the same consistency as Scotty Scheffler because because his B and his C game does not look like Scotty Scheffler's C game. And if Rory brings out his C game, it, he's not going to come out of that pool, and it would not surprise me. Where if Scotty Scheffler doesn't come out of his pool, I will be absolutely shocked because Scotty Scheffler's C game is still good enough because of his game inside 100 yards. I'm going to make a comparison here, and this has come to mind right now. I'm going to compare Rory McIlroy to the Toronto Maple Leafs. How's this? Because Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major in so long. I think from now, at every tournament before the majors, it doesn't matter how he does. It's like the Maple Leafs right now. They lose to the Islanders last night. Who cares? Nothing matters until they actually make the playoffs and actually win a round, like Rory, until he actually goes out and wins a major championship. We've seen flashes of brilliance from McIlroy this year, especially in Dubai. We've seen flashes where he can't find the planet off the tee. So, I, I mean, for in my mind, it, it, he could win this week. He could lose every match 9-8. and eight. It doesn't matter until he shows up at Augusta. And it's a good analogy for another reason, too, Adam, because you're bang on. Because when the Maple Leafs are in full flight, and it's an open, it's an open game, game of shinny, and they're going to win 7-4, they look like the most talented team in hockey. But when they get in that first round of the playoffs and it gets muddy and it gets choppy and then you got to win battles in the corners and be tougher than the other team in front of the net and grind out a seven footer, they don't, they disappear. Yep. And, and that's what we're talking about with Rory on a Thursday at a, at a major or, or, you know, when he's, when he's got the lead in a major, right? I mean, right. he's going to shoot 64 when he's, when he starts the day seven back. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's but that's shinny. That's that's shinny hockey. Yeah, well, that's okay. I didn't think we'd be top comparing Rory McIlroy and the Maple Leafs <laughs> on this Wednesday morning, but hey, here we are. Okay, moving down the betting board here. Uh, also tied for the third shortest odds this week, Patrick Cantlay. And Patrick Cantlay has played well in match play in the past. He also, uh, yeah, he's played very well overall, both for the U.S. in the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. A sneaky, quiet, good year third of the Genesis, T4 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, T19 at the Players' Championship. Before I ask you about Cantlay, let's look at his group. He is playing against Brian Harmon, K.H. Lee, and Candazone, Nick Taylor. Patrick Cantlay, Mark, what do you think about him this week? 
You know, I like Cantley's game for match play, and we've seen this at the President's Cup, and we've seen this at the Ryder Cup, how good he has been in international match play. And the reason he's so good in international match play is, is you know, is Patrick Cantley the best in the world at anything? No. But does he have a single weakness in his game? No. I mean, he is very good off the tee, very good with the irons, very good with the putter. He doesn't give away holes. Like he doesn't, that's, he's a tough guy to play against, right? He just, he's just chip. It's death by a thousand paper cuts with Patrick Cantley. We saw it in the FedEx Cup playoffs a couple of years ago, right? And that's why, I mean, talk about a partner in, in match play for international play. Like, well, that's the guy you want, right? He's just always there, always backing you up, always like has a look at birdie. You know, might not shoot 61, might not completely destroy you off the tee and turn a par 72 golf course into a par 67 overnight with some overwhelming power and yada, yada, yada. But just so good, so all around. Very similar to how you would describe Xander Shoffley's game when when Shoffley's got it kind of going on as well, right? And that's why they're great partners. But I like Cantley for those reasons, Adam. It's going to be very hard, including for our own Nick Taylor, to uh, be able to bump Cantley out of that pool. Yeah, and especially for Nick Taylor, who's trying to earn his way into the Masters for the second time in his mm-hmm. career. Needs a big week this week. Okay, next up on the betting board is someone who has his odds have shortened dramatically since Monday, and that's Tyrrell Hatton. When we shot Golf Talk Canada, his odds were plus 2,400. Now his odds are plus 1,600. So everyone has taken into account how he's made 17 consecutive cuts worldwide, how he blitzed the back nine at TPC Sawgrass to finish in second and win a boatload of dough. Given this guy's match play history to given his recent form, how high are are you on Tyrrell Hatton for this week, Mark? You know I'm on him this week, Adam. I am all over him this week because I love the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately player, and he is trending in the right direction. He's done everything the last two or three weeks but win a golf tournament. Also, you know, you can putt your way off into victory in match play, and when you're not necessarily worried about the one coming back and you're putting everything to make it, this is a hard guy to beat. He's one of the – I'd put him in the top five putters probably on the PGA Tour. I really would. You know, I, I, this guy can just pour it in the bucket. Uh, so he's a great putter. He's hot. He's confident at the moment. Great match play record, as, as you pointed out. I, I was surprised at his opening odds. There was huge value when the, when the odds dropped. I mean, and now, you know, the money the money's moved this to, in the proper direction where it should be. You've got to like him this week. I think everybody likes him this week. And, you know, we'll see. So, uh, but uh, the only thing I can say about Hatton is, are we are we concerned at all in a fatigue standpoint? He's played a lot of golf recently and made a big push at Sawgrass. You know, last week he had off, so hopefully that's enough and he's good to go. Yeah, and even too for watching Tyrrell Hatton, just from an entertainment standpoint, he's so much fun to watch because he's an absolute head case. You know, sometimes if, well, if, if things aren't going his way, he tends to, you know, go nuts and, and you know, blame things, blame, blame his putter, blame the caddy, blame whatever. You know, he's quite something. If there's two guys, I said this on PGA Tour Live. I was working a couple of weeks ago on PGA Tour Live, and I said, if we could just have Tyrrell Hatton and Jordan Spieth in a group mic'd up together, just have a mic. You don't need commentators. You don't need analysts. Just lay out 
and just let these two go for the four and a half hours as they yeah, walk around I, the golf course because they nonstop chatter. I feel like last year during the final round of the Masters, one of our feature groups, because it was they were both out of it, it was so early in the morning. I think it was Hatton and Billy Horschel. And they were oh, just going, perfect. Oh, they were just going back. <laughs> they didn't need to say anything because uh, the players weren't even mic'd up. They were just going back and forth. But so entertaining. But Tyrrell Hatton now uh, with the fifth shortest odds at plus 1,600. I want to go down the board here a little bit and talk about a couple guys before we go to break. One of them is being Ricky Fowler. And Ricky Fowler has made some dramatic swing changes where his swing looks so different than when it once looked what 10 years ago or so obviously looking for that first major championship this guy was mia for a couple of years but now he's playing some very solid golf before we discuss fowler let's hear from ricky fowler it's definitely been a lot lot better uh being able to kind of build some momentum and ultimately build some some confidence uh last few weeks i really haven't felt that great with the swing but what I've been able to, to get out of those weeks shows a little bit more, you know, state of the game and how I'm feeling and um, doing a lot better of being able to salvage, you know, what's maybe a, a poor round or poor week uh, and kind of turning those into, you know, better than, than where they've been, whether they're a miscut or finishing in the back of the pack, um, you know, top 20s and top 10s are still good out here on the PGA Tour and, and looking forward to, to getting back to where feeling better with the swing because um, yeah if we can finish where we have been not feeling great I'm looking forward to when things are, are feeling really good eight straight made cuts for Ricky Fowler including five top 20 finishes he was T13 the players championship his odds went out right plus 5500 so you think there is some good value there but of course, he's playing John Rahm in his group. For Ricky Fowler, Mark, I think golf is in a better place when you have a guy like Ricky Fowler who, who brings in so many other fans and has for his entire career, given you know, how, you know, how great he is with the media, given his outfit selections. But to see Ricky Fowler playing better golf is just a great thing for the game overall. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, sometimes was it you, Bob, and I when we were in Carl when we were in Carlsbad? We went out to the farmers. We saw full grown men dressed in in orange from head to yeah, toe, orange puma, tough. following Ricky Fowler. It was, it's like ridiculous. I'm like, okay, I get the 13 year old or you know whatnot, but but this you know this guy was 45. And, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, I've had a chance to watch a lot of rounds of Ricky's this year, and there's something interesting going on. And it's, I don't even know if you can chart this. In fact, I know you can. There's not. I can't find this stat for you. But Ricky has. He's using that 39 inch counterbalance yeah. putter for the first time in his career, right? And there are rounds where he has poured in large buckets of putts. If you can find some rounds where he's made a ton of feet of putts, crazy. He's poured in like 25, 35 footers, like putts you don't really expect to make. And when he's got it in contention on a few weekends. He's missing putts that you should make. So, yeah, the numbers look okay because the numbers look good because you, you made a bunch of 30-footers. But those 30-footers get erased if you can't make six or seven-footers when you need to. And I think today, against John Rahm, you know, Ricky has to make the putts that you're supposed to make. If he can make the putts that you're supposed to make and not give those away, the in, that five to ten foot range, then I think he can hang around in this match. I really do. 
I, I think he can. If if he if he's going to pour in thirty footer on John Rahm and the next hole misses six footer to tie to, to to not give it back, it, it's it's going to be a pointless exercise. Well, Ricky Fowler has the third shortest odds to win his group. That is Group Two. Rom with the favorite, a plus one twenty-five. Keith Mitchell, second favorite, plus two eighty. Fowler, third favorite, plus three hundred. And Billy Horschel at plus four sixty. And don't forget, Horschel has a really good match play record as well. On the other side, we'll recap twenty weeks of Taylor Made. If you missed our big news on Monday morning, and we'll tee up hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Well, speaking of Myrtle Beach, we have an interview coming next week on Myrtle Beach. We'll stay tuned to uh, our social media channels, to our television show, to one of our radio shows next week. Uh, it was great to spend some time in Myrtle Beach, Mark, with you back in October for the Can-Am Cup. I know we didn't get the result we were looking for, but, I mean, we did our part for the Can-Am Cup. We, we got a tie, you know, I mean. What well, what more can you ask for, right? I mean, we t- half a point with two winners on the, against two winners on the PGA Tour. Like, what what more do they want from us, Adam? Right? Pretty stellar. Like, I mean, it was uh, we rested a lot that week. <laughs> we we were nutritious. It was uh, everything about that was excellent. But looking forward to uh, a Myrtle Beach chat next uh, next week right here on Golf Talk Canada. Now, twenty weeks TaylorMade is back and it is bigger and better than ever before. Mark, for those who haven't heard about what 20 Weeks TaylorMade is this season, give us the lowdown. So popular already, Adam. We're getting nothing but really positive feedback from people. People have been, you know, participating over the last decade. Um, Some past champions, including Christian Anderson, who won last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's chiming in with, like, this is so cool. What a great revamp. So if you missed it, we're doing our first ever PGA Tour Fantasy Golf Pool. It's going to kick off Masters Week. It goes for 20 weeks. It ends the BMW Championship. And we have a fantasy pool going each week. And each week you have weekly prizes. So even if you were to just play one week, you've got weekly prizes. We've got season-long prizes. And for anybody who registers and participates just once, you are now in the grand prize draw, which is a through-the-bag set of tailor-made golf clubs, top-to-bottom, custom fit, and a trip for two to Casa de Campo, where I am right now in the Dominican Republic. Total prizing this year. Over $40,000. We have doubled the prize pool. Thank you to our friends at TaylorMade. They have doubled the prize pool from twenty grand to forty grand. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It is free to play. It is fun. Um, we've hit a home run already. We have 2,000 entrance, uh, entries already, and it's been two days. Today is day three. And you can go to golftalkcanada.com. Just go to golftalkcanada.com. You'll see somewhere on the page, I think it's top right corner, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade icon. Just click 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. All the information's there. Get your friends involved. Get your family involved. Be a lot of fun. Golftalkcanada.com. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. Bigger and better in 2023 for us right here on GTC. Now, Mark, you're leaving us for hour two. What's up for the rest of the day for you in Casa de Campo? 
Uh, I might try to play golf. Wow. I might actually try to play golf. But oh. I also, yeah, I also want to watch some of this match play, though, too. Right. So I don't know. I'm going to do a little bit of both, and we'll figure it out. I'm trying to find the right spot the day, too, because yesterday, shooting Golf Talk Canada TV, I did an hour outside, and I didn't realize the heat I was getting. Of course, I wasn't wearing a hat because we were shooting no. TV, and it's right. frowned upon to be wearing a hat, you know, and I, I almost, I, I'm pretty sure I got heat stroke. <laughs> Look at you, just, just so today I've got this the, morning. Yeah, so right now I am layered up in sunscreen, like 50, like that stick, oh, like yeah. that 50 stick, total protection. I'm going to be in a hat all day regardless because uh, we're not on camera today, so I don't care what we look like. Uh, I'm basically going around like fully covered, and we'll maybe play nine holes or so, and then watch some of this. I want to see uh, some of these matches. So good, good for you. Well, whatever you do, enjoy, enjoy your time in Casa de Campo. Can't wait to get down there at some point, and we'll talk to you Monday, 10 a.m. TSN 10:50. Thanks, Mark. Th- Thanks, Adam. Have a great day, buddy. Okay, thank you. On the other side, Bob is going to join us for hour two. We'll discuss Brooke Henderson, who is also back this week on the LPGA Tour. We'll preview the WGC Dell Technologies match play. We'll talk about some of the matches currently in progress. And we'll also hear from Mason Dennison from Adidas about the all-new Adidas ZG23 shoe. All that and more coming up in hour two right here on Golf Talk Camp. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside GTC, hour two, the back nine here on this lovely Wednesday morning in the GTA. Okay, lovely might be a bit of a stretch, but it's not that cold. It's like eight degrees or so. I was out this morning, out and about, but uh, it's nice here. 10 degrees on Thursday, if I saw the right forecast. Some rain in the forecast, so bye-bye snow, and that means golf season is just around the corner for us here on the GTA. Okay, Mark was with us for the entire hour one, and now joining us here for hour two is Mr. Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you this morning? I'm good. I don't know where that eight degrees you're talking about it is. Okay. I see. (laughs) I like your optimism, though. I went for a run this morning, and it was still uh, just below zero, but that was about 7.30, so it's warm. It is warming up. You are in the, generally, you are saying the right things, and the fact, when I ran this morning, I saw some uh, flowers budding up through the ground, so um, let's, let's stay optimistic. Okay, well, it, uh, yesterday we had like 12 degrees. I had sunglasses on at 6.30 p.m. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we're getting there. It's, uh, we're getting there, which is, uh, which is great to see for us here in the GTA. Golf season, <laughs> not too far away here for us, which we are so excited 
about. But in hour one, Bob, we spent some time talking about Rory McIlroy's comments about being in favor of the USGA RNA's proposal to roll back the golf ball for elite competitions as a local rule. So far, really the only player that I've heard anyway on the PGA Tour who has been for this. From his comments, from what you heard, from what you read, what did you think of what Rory had to say? Uh, not really surprising that it came from Rory. I think that it fits his personality. I think it fits uh, how he likes to play golf and... There was a great column by Lauren Rubenstein this week at, at Score Golf where you can talk about where he talks about the the beauty of of making of shot making, which is largely gone from the PGA Tour these days and, and elite level golf. It's mostly or it's more bomb and gouge, and even listening to Scotty Scheffler talk about his uh, visit to Augusta National, he said that on the on the 13th hole now, he can't sling it around the corner because he can't put enough spin on the golf ball. So there is something to the artistry that is uh, Rory McIlroy and, and the way he likes to play. Uh, yes, it, it is a little bit, in some cases, self-serving in that he is a very good player from 150 to, to 1 to 200 yards, let's say, as he's not as good perhaps as a wedge as someone like Justin Thomas might be or, or uh, from time to time Jordan Spieth could be. But I don't, think, I don't think this comes from a self-serving standpoint, his comments. I think it comes from what he sees as a need to get back to hitting every club in your bag. And, and that's the part of golf that I think he enjoys. And so for that reason, I wasn't really shocked when, when I heard this come out. Yeah, that was, it was a cool comment, too, where and you really have to stop and think about whether you're one of a player like you and me, a weekend warrior or a guy on the PGA tour, if you, how many times do you actually use every club in your bag? It's probably not very often. So that might be something that's changing here going forward. We spoke with this a little in hour one too. I'm really curious where tiger is on this and we'll hear from tiger, assuming he does play at the masters 15 days away. They tee off the first round at Augusta national because he's someone Bob throughout 99% of his career has used one of the more spinny balls on the PGA Tour that hasn't gone as far. And now in this latest comeback, he's used a ball that is going farther. And that's one of the reasons why he is able to outdrive Justin Thomas and was outdriving Rory McIlroy during the Genesis Invitational. I, I'm, that, that's where I'm really curious on is where Tiger sits in this whole debate. Let's not forget that when Tiger started playing on the PGA Tour, there was no, the balls were very different. I don't know if, I can't remember if he's actually using Bellata balls, but it wasn't, it was about 2000 when he was one of the first person to use sort of the three-layer compression ball. And so he's had experience growing up playing with spinny balls, and that's probably why he likes the spinny ball right now. And listen, there's no better guy in terms of making shots than, um, than anybody that, that has ever played the game outside of maybe one or two, and that would be an argument from me. He, he has the ability to hit high, hit it low, hit it around. I mean, look at what he's doing now. He's just hitting these low kind of punchy spin runners, right? So um, I, I think it will be interesting. I'm assuming we'll probably hear from him at the, at the, uh, the Masters about that. I'm sure hopefully somebody, one of our colleagues, will ask that question in the press conference where he's there, but you're right. I mean, I, I, if he came out and said the same sort of thing along what Rory said, then I wouldn't be shocked either because he's the same kind of guy who likes to play different shots, even though he is probably the guy who led the, uh, the move to the power game more than anybody else. As Paul Azinger 
said in one of the broadcasts, I believe it was 2019, Tiger the Artist. And that's where he's so much fun seeing these all these different shots because he's not a bomb and gouge guy. Not anymore, anyway. He has to play these, like you mentioned, these low running cuts. And it's it's so fascinating watching that man play golf now, given how his body has been rebuilt about 1,200 times and how he has to change and maneuver around his body. And now I'm curious where he lies on the golf ball debate. Now, here in Canada, lots of golf going on for Team Canada in terms of the PGA Tour, the WGC at the opposite field event as well on the LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson is is in action. We'll get to those momentarily, but first some breaking news here. PGA Tour Canada has released its schedule uh, just about a couple minutes ago here on Twitter, and it looks like uh, another very busy summer for PGA Tour Canada, Bob. Yeah, they have one less tournament than they had last year. They've got 10 tournaments, but I think those who are playing this tour will be... Uh, much happier in the fact that it doesn't really crisscross back and forth across the country like it had done last year, you know, going from one side to the other, to the middle, to the back. It really has sort of three hubs, and it's going to start in June in Victoria, which has always been the starting point. So you go Victoria, going to Waskasu, our friends up in Waskasu, and then Edmonton for the first stretch, and then uh, central Ontario and Quebec. So you've got uh, Bromont, Quebec, Ottawa, Caledon at TPC, Toronto, and then Windsor, and then it finishes up with three events, the Winnipeg event, one in Brainerd, Minnesota, which was held last year, right. and then to uh, Calgary for the Fortinet Cup. So uh, 10 events, and then um, in a little bit better travel modules, I guess you might call it, which helps the cost a little bit for those guys. The one interesting thing has been a rumor that just started also circulating today, is that, and I was checking with my sources who tell me it's a pretty good bet that this will happen, is that PGA Tour Canada and PGA Tour Latino America will likely join forces down the road, maybe as early as 2024, to create one tour. Now, we don't know what that would be called. Maybe the PGA Tour Cantina, or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes sense because you build yourself sort of a year-long schedule. It's a little bit more of a development. Uh, It creates perhaps some better pathways for these players who go on this tour to maybe easily move up into the Corn Ferry, and even possibly maybe you get the winner who goes to the PGA Tour. So we'll be following that to see if it actually does develop or not. But that, that's an interesting, uh, interesting subject and lots to talk about with PGA Tour Canada. Anyway, it certainly will. And one of my the favorite things we do on this show is when we get to chat with the winners of that week on the PGA Tour Canada. Because it's great telling these stories about players that we know who are succeeding, whether it's on the PGA Tour or any of Team Canada. But to see the guys... Uh, to see the players who are looking ahead to try to become the next great player, great Canadian player in professional golf and learn about their journey is uh, is always fascinating to me. So big news from PGA Tour Canada. I'm sure we'll have much more on their new schedule in the coming weeks here on GTC as they get underway June 12th in Victoria. Now, I mentioned Brooke Henderson. She is back in action this week on the LPGA Tour. Of course, she won in her first start of 2023 at the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. Then a couple of not the best finishes uh, overseas. She finished T44 at the Honda LPGA Thailand and T48 at the HSBC Women's World Championship. But you know, T44, T48, but six of her eight rounds were still under par. You know, she shot 78 in the first round at the HSBC Women's World Championship. So there's no real cause for concern here, Bob, is there? 
I don't feel that way. I think that those are just outliers, and I think those are long ways to go. And I don't know. I should check back on. I should have checked back on Brooks' schedule, uh, history there. I don't think, for some reason, as that uh, that she has done um, all that well in some of those Asian tournaments. But I could be I could be wrong on that. So don't hold right, it to me. But right. I think she's going to like this next stretch, where she comes in into this week's tournament, and then she's got two tournaments where she has won before. She's won the LA tournament. She's won the Lotte Championship, which feeds right into a major, the first major of the year, which used to be the Dinah Shore, uh, then the ANA. Now it's called the Chevron Championship, and it used to be the week before the Masters, which would be next week. But now it's a week after the Masters, which I think is great, and it puts um, it puts that championship on a, a little bit of a different level. It won't get lost necessarily with the a, uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur Championship and some of those things that are going on. So now it becomes uh, on its own, and and I think Brooke is really really more so than in past years. Just in chatting with her earlier in the in the year. Uh, is really focused on trying to get those major titles under her belt. So we'll see how she does with that one. And we mentioned the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Another Canadian playing in that event this year is Monet Chun, and she'll join us on Golf Talk Canada next week to discuss her preparation for that tournament. Uh, I had a chance to chat with her uh, just recently. We'll air that next week. She's uh, really looking forward to hearing the reaction from that. And she had a historic summer last year for Canada. Now, speaking of Canadians, five of them in the field this week at the WGC Dell Technologies match play. And of them, Corey Connors has the shortest odds to win at plus 4,200. Now, Connors is in the Masters, obviously, because he has three straight top tens at the Masters. But this season has not been ideal for Connors thus far. Have you had a chance to talk to him at all, Bob, in terms of why? Yeah, we had a chat at, uh, at the Players' Championship. I also talked to his coach, Derek Ingram, and, and they don't think it's very far off. First off, uh, he's never done well on the West Coast. So take that stretch and kind of throw it out the window. And you come back to Florida, and, and the numbers are starting to get a little bit better. But the, the weird thing is, what they both told me was that what's been off is the, the timing of his swing, which is really that nice fluid. We, everybody raves about how you know, silky that swing is. And it's been off just a little bit. So what normally is his strength of hitting fairways and hitting greens has not been the strength this year. And so when that goes, when your strength goes, obviously you're scrambling to try and make up shots in other ways. But I, I think he's a hard enough worker. He took last week off, obviously, and, and was preparing for this week. Don't forget, he would reach the semifinals of this event last year. So I think that there's some really good positive things he can bank on from that performance last year. And if he gets that, that little... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, timing or feel or whatever it is with his swing. I, I think he'll be back before too long. But I, I, at this point, I'm not worried. But I might start to get worried if, if things don't go well in his next few starts with this one and then, of course, at the Masters. Yeah, it really sort of started at the President's Cup, too, where for the entire week, he just sort of seemed out of sorts. Like you mentioned, his rhythm was off. It seemed like he was a little quick, and he wasn't great with the putter, too. But for Corey Connors this week, in his group, Cameron Young, Sepp Straka, and Davis Thompson. And of that group, Cameron Young has the shortest odds to win at plus 150. Connors, the second shortest at plus 200. So for Connors, he played well at this tournament last year. He's got a good stretch of golf coming up here at tournaments he has played well at before. I'm looking to see Corey Connors start to play a little better 
golf. But for other members of Team Canada, currently we have four in the Masters with Connors, like I mentioned, Mike Weir. Hard to believe it's been 20 years since Mike Weir's Masters victory. We'll have much more on the 20-year anniversary as we get closer to the Masters. How hard that is. That's just wild to believe it's been 20 years. And then, of course, we have Adam Svensson and Mackenzie Hughes, who, given their wins uh, from the fall series, fall portion of the PGA Tour schedule, have earned their way into the Masters. But there could be a fifth Canadian joining. Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor are both outside of the top 50, but they need, would you call it something special this week at the WGC match play? Well, how do they earn their way into the Masters? So the only way they can get enough world ranking points to, to make it inside the top 50 would be a semifinal berth. So those two, um, they both can't go, by the way, because if they were to, to win their group stages, they would meet in the round of 16. So, <laughs> and, and interesting that uh, they said that even though they grew up playing at the same golf course, they never have played a match against each other, any kind of a real serious match other than probably a, you know, a $4 NASA or something <laughs> like that. But they have never played a match against each other. So it's a, it's a bit of a hike for, the, for both of them. There's obviously some, some tough uh, sledding to go. But they have both played very well. I think this is the best that Nick, has, Nick Taylor has ever played on the PGA Tour consistently, I will say, this year. And I think Adam Hadwin is really confident in talking with him at the players last week. He just seems to be not only, not only confident in the changes he made, but now just trusting him. They're, they're now not new. They're, it's not this new swing anymore. It's his swing. And I think that he could surprise a few people. He's a great putter, especially a guy from that 10, 15-foot range, which is what you need to try and you know, win, win matches and the match play format might help both of these guys as well. So it's a long shot, uh, but it's a shot. And listen, as I said, Corey Connors reached the semifinals last year. Why not Nick or Adam? Yeah, he sure did. And for Adam Hadwin, he's in group 13 against Sam Burns, Seamus Power and Adam Scott. And of that group, Hadwin has the second shortest odds to win the whole group at plus 230, which is awesome to see. As for Nick Taylor, he is in group four against Patrick Cantlay, Brian Harmon, and K.H. Lee. And Taylor has the tied for the third shortest odds, so the last odds, I guess, of that group at plus 380. Brian Harmon's at plus 320. Patrick Cantlay at plus 110 to win that group. It would be awesome to see five Canadians playing at the Masters 15 days away till the first round gets underway. But this week at the WGC Dell Technologies match play, there are two clear-cut favorites, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. On the other side, we'll get Bob's take on what we should think of the domination from both of them and can they keep the momentum going this week and beyond. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. An early update here from WGC Dell Technologies match play. Matt Fitzpatrick is currently down 
by two, two down through four uh, against JJ Spawn. And right now, Xander Shoffley is one up through three on Cam Davis. So we'll continue to update you until the top of the hour on some of these matches that are underway. But heading into this week, Bob, the two overwhelming betting favorites were Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. Right now, Scheffler's odds have now actually shifted. So the odds have really changed, seriously, in the last hour or so. Scheffler, an hour ago, was plus 750. Rahm was plus 1,200. Now, Scheffler plus 800. Rahm at plus 1,000 or 10 to 1 for John Rahm. I want to I discuss Rahm here first because Rahm withdrew from the players championship a couple weeks ago and it seemed kind of like what what's going on it's, we just we just heard illness it wasn't didn't hear anything you know covid related or anything we just heard illness so john rob was asked about his illness and a bit of an interesting back and forth here with a reporter john two quick wins first how are you feeling since the players championship i'm good <laughs> can you elaborate on that no did it impact your preparation for the Masters at all? No. How is your preparation for the Masters? It's been great. <laughs> it was it was shorter than you would think. It's a virus going around, and a lot of people have told me I've, I've gotten it. Uh, couldn't do anything on Friday. After I, I, I WD'd, I went straight home. I couldn't even drink water without feeling nauseous. Um, our nanny actually was in the same situation the same day. Uh, but then by Friday, I was I was feeling a little bit better, and by Monday, I was I was back at it. Okay, so you could call that maybe a little awkward, a little terse. He was he was smiling throughout the entire exchange. If you actually watched the video, but Bob, so it seems like he's fine. He's totally fine. Uh, he is the second shortest odds this week. Obviously, the three wins so far this season. He's played well at this tournament too in the past. A loss in the final to one Dustin Johnson many years ago. What's your outlook for Rambo this week? Well, I think anytime he's healthy, then I think it's a good it's a good thing. It was a little interesting, the um, uh, the the sequence of events that happened with him on that on that day. He was on the putting green literally about. I would say um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before his tea time. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, we get this notice that there's a WD and everyone was sort of scratching their heads going like, what is, what is going on here? And, and, you know, he shot a 71 in that first round, which wasn't a terrible number. So it, you don't think it was one of those uh, which came first, you know, the bad back or the bad score, as we used to say. So I think he was probably legitimately sick, and there's who knows what, what kind of virus he had or what was going on, but maybe it was just something that he didn't feel he could p- play on the golf course. So it sounds like he's back, sounds like he's better, and anytime John Rahm is healthy, he's going to be a threat. He certainly is, and I mean, he ha- has a good record at Augusta National, too, in the past, and right now, currently still the second shortest odds to win this week at 10-1. to 1. Uh, But the man everyone's trying to beat is Scotty Scheffler. And Bob, it really is interesting because his year this year and last year so far have been eerily similar. He came into this tournament last year with two victories in recent starts, went on to win, wins the Masters, four wins in 42 days, and he goes to world number one. Now he's already at world number one. He has six career PGA Tour victories. You got to think that unless something radically wild happens that he'll keep that momentum going this week, given the way he has played and how robotic and consistent he's been. 
Exactly. And I think that his game is, uh, is, is strong. I think he's fine. I think he's very comfortable. We talked about that on Monday. I think if you go back to the Masters last year and on Saturday night, he talked about the fact that he didn't feel like he was deserving or ready of going into a Sunday at Augusta National. Now he looks like he's just walking out playing Saturday morning golf with the boys when he, when he goes out on, on the golf course. And I think, I think his game and his... So I, I think you look at he's number one in greens and regulation. I think that sits very well for match play. When you knock it on the green and you're... And, and your opponent now still has to try and figure out how to get there and, and get it inside you or try and uh, putt, you know, like the chances of him three-putting are probably pretty slim. And you look at the clutch putts that he makes. Remember the one he made on the 16th hole at Waste Management against yeah. Nick Taylor after missing the green? He got up and down. Those are the kind of putts I think that if you see those this week, boy, and you're playing him, those are back-breaking putts when you're in match play because you think, yes, I'm going to get one up on him. But no, he comes back and does that. So... Hard not to hard not to like Scotty Scheffler here, especially since his last uh, you know last year. Not only last year did he win, but the year before he was the finalist. Yeah, and speaking of backbreaking putts, someone else in his group we saw a number of those at the Presidents Cup is Tom Kim, and Tom Kim has had maybe a quieter start to 2023. But I, I'm looking forward to maybe some fireworks there, Bob. I mean, it's Tom Kim, it's match play. I mean, maybe you can't exert the amount of energy fist pumping and hooting and hollering after making putts, but I feel like Tom Kim and Scotty Shuffler, it's got to be must-see TV. You think so? It's interesting. You know, I kind of predicted, we, we did some, at the end of the year, we did some predictions for the next year. One of the things that I said was I thought Tom Kim might go through a bit of a sophomore slump, which is so far coming to true. We still got a lot of golf left to play. He could he could win all four majors for, for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you wonder you wonder just where he is right now in his game and where he is mentally. Um, maybe he knows a lot more now. You know, when you're kind of coming in as a rookie and you're kind of blind and you don't know a lot of things, you just go out and you play golf. And I I don't mean to say that as a negative to Tom Kim or to anybody else, but now that he's kind of in the grind, now that he's dealing with sponsors, now that he's dealing with uh, endorsements and all these other things that come with being a professional golfer, maybe that's taking away just a little bit from his golf game. But I still love that one, even though there's no you know team versus team. I think Kim and Scheffler is, as you say, much must watch TV. And Scheffler, of course, is the favorite to win his group. Group one at minus 140, followed by Tom Kim at plus 330, Alex Noren at plus 490, and Davis Riley at plus 550. On the other side, we'll continue to discuss some of the matches currently on the golf course, some of the favorites, and we'll also give our TSN edge picks for this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac, Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside GTC Scully and Weeks here. Coming up on the other side, we're going to go one-on-one with Mason Dennison, the Global Footwear Director of Adidas Golf, all about the new Adidas ZG23 
shoe. Now, Bob, before we make our TSN edge picks this week, I have to tell you, I was out and about this morning actually at the dentist of all places, which is just a great way to start a Wednesday morning. Yeah, not, not ideal. No cavities, though. So, I mean, I know people were really, really worried about that. But I was listening to First Up on TSN 1050 right here, and they made my day because Carlo and AK announced that Shake Shack is coming to Toronto. I'm not sure if you heard about that, Bob, but Shake Shack coming to Toronto. I, I don't know about you, but that made me instantly hungry when I heard that. I, I did see that. I was uh, probably the happiest I've been since I heard that Chipotle was coming here as well. That was before they had some <laughs> issues with their <laughs> with their uh, franchises. But yeah, I love Shake Shack. Shake Shack's been pretty good, um, pretty good staple for me uh, on life on the road, uh, traveling around through the United States. It's it's a it's a good meal. It's a really good meal. Uh, yeah, some good eats there. I, I just had to get that in. I had, I had to give a, AK and Carlo a little plug there because that, that just brought an instant smile to my face after being at the dentist for an hour or so. That was just, uh, it's been an interesting morning, put it that way. Anyway, this week, WGC, Dell Technologies Match Play, the final edition of this tournament. And we've seen many renditions, whether it's been single knockout, now in group play. But Bob, when you look back, do you think this is a better tournament just overall for the players, for entertainment as a viewer, as a media member when it's single knockout or group play? I like the single knockout because it's a lot easier to try to figure out. Plus you don't end up with these awkward little playoffs, you know, whatever they are, the chip offs or whatever they, they yeah. have, but it's, it's, it's also understandable that a guy's not going to come and prepare for the tournament and, you know, if he's Stephen Ames in that situation, you lose and you go out after 10 holes. So I think it's, it's, it's the only way you can do it and also keep the players happy and also have enough uh, content for television to broadcast, right? I mean, you, you, you want matches on there. You want more than one match going at all the time as much as you can. And I think this is the best way to do it. As to the, you know, your first part, I, I th somehow think that there will be another match play event on the PGA Tour before too long. I just don't see them shying away. It's such a cool format. I mean, I think what New Orleans did with the partners was really cool. I think that's a great idea. Uh, the World Golf Championship notoriety, or, you know, I think it's it's lived its life. And you look at, at all the great players who've won. I mean, Tiger's won a gazillion of them. Mike Weir won one once back in the day. So it's kind of cool uh, that they had those, but I can see that it's outlived its lifespan perhaps now and with the designated tournaments, which is more or less kind of what a World Golf Championship event was supposed to be. I think it works out pretty well. Okay, well, given it's the final one, we're going to give our TSN Edge picks for this week. As always, we have three picks this week for the TSN Edge. Bob, you're currently leading our season-long leaderboard. You have four victories, while Mark and I are both stuck with three right now, just one off the lead. And as you'll find out here momentarily, perhaps all three of us have one player. You'll have to wait and see. Bob, give us your first pick this week. All right, well, I'm going out uh, with a, I'm going to go lead with my strong suit, and that's Scotty Scheffler, as we've talked about earlier in the program. Won last year, was the runner-up the year before. Interesting that I looked at his Ryder and President's Cup records, and, I mean, it's very brief. He's only played one of each, but he won at the Ryder Cup in his singles match, beating John Rahm, by the way, and then he retired last time in the, in the uh, President's Cup. He is obviously world number one, two wins, and, and as I mentioned before, I think one of the key things for him 
is that greens and regulation number. He leads it. He just hits so many greens, and that's so tiring and punishing if you're his opponent to try and keep up. Scotty Scheffler, the shortest odds right now. They're back to plus 800 as <clears throat> on FanDuel. Excuse me. Okay, for me, my first pick is a popular pick amongst many this week, and that's Tyrrell Hatton, who 17 consecutive cuts worldwide, fifth top 10 in his last seven starts. He's also in a group against Russell Henley, Lucas Herbert, and Ben Griffin. Now, Ben Griffin has also been playing some solid golf quietly, but... I like Tyrrell Hatton to play very well this week. Bob, do you have Tyrrell Hatton on your team too? I do have Tyrrell Hatton. I think he's going to be our uh, the free space in the bingo card uh, this week for all of us, maybe. But as you mentioned, you know, top three top six finishes in his last four starts. He's advanced out of the group stage each of the last three of the last four times here, so that's always a good. If you can get out of that group stage, then I think you're you're kind of halfway home almost. It's, I know that's a little bit of a uh, misleading, but but you've got to get out of that group stage, and sometimes guys can play well and just not get out of there. Also, 18th in strokes gained putting, that's pretty good, and 5th in strokes gained total, so that means he's got a pretty good all-around game as well. So I think he's a wise pick for you and me and Mark Zucchino. And Mark Zucchino, yes, he is on his team. Now, you mentioned he's 5th in strokes gained total. He's also 1st in strokes gained entertainment because he is so much fun to watch throughout <laughs> on... Uh, that was pretty good for me. That that was right on the spot there, too. Okay, 1st in strokes gained entertainment <laughs> good. for Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him regardless uh, this week. His odds right now have climbed to plus 1,800. When, when we shot our television show about 24 hours ago, they were plus 2,400. So they have certainly shortened a lot of people high on Tyrrell Hatton. Next up for me, Tony Finau in his group, Kurt Kitayama, who of course won at Bay Hill, Adrian Moronk, and Christian Bazadenhout. Finau, nine consecutive top 25 finishes. A big reason is putting. Last year, he's 85th in strokes game putting. This year, 25th. He's also had a decent record in match play for the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup as well. Tony, Tony Finau, where you be now, is my second pick. For you, Bob, who's your third pick? Uh, I got Patrick Cantlay, and this might seem like a bit of an odd pick because he's he, he doesn't have a great track record here. He's actually never made it past group stage, which he's gone in most of the time as the the lead pick in those groups. Uh, but this year, I think is different. He's got two top two top four finishes in his last three starts, and he leads the tour this year in par four and par five scoring. I like that stat. You know, on on this. This format, it doesn't matter if you have a double bogey on one hole. You, you can, that's only one hole. It doesn't count. It doesn't drop you down the leaderboard very much. And so if you're leading the tour in fours and fives, uh, I think you got a pretty good chance to, to put the sleeper hold on your opponents and, and knock them out. Yeah, Mark and I discussed Patrick Cantlay in hour one and how they're really, there's no real number one strength to his game but there's no real weakness either he's just solid all around and in a format like this that's pretty good and i i'm i'm looking for patrick allen to have a bigger year at the major championships too he's really been mia in the majors in his career which certainly has been pretty shocking but like you mentioned two top three finishes in in his last three start or two top four finishes in his last three starts Cantlay right now, third shortest odds to win the whole tournament at 12 to 1. My final pick this week, Jason Day. Jason Day won this tournament all the way back in 2016 when he had one of the great duels with Victor Dubuisson when Dubuisson got up and down from 
basically anywhere and everywhere. That was one of the craziest playoffs I have ever seen. Where on earth is Victor Dubuisson now? But anyway, Jason Day, six straight top 20s this season on the PGA Tour, sixth in strokes game total. Of those top six top 20s, four of them have been top 10s. Jason Day is back. He's healthy. He's motivated, I think, to get back on that President's Cup team coming up in a little bit uh, in Royal Montreal. Coming up next year in 2024, I like Jason Day this week. As for Mark, yes, he's on Terrell Hatton. Yes, he's on Scotty Scheffler. And one player we have not mentioned once during the show until right now is Max Homa. And Max Homa is at plus 2200 right now so max homa is mark's final pick bob that's it for you thank you very much for your time today i know it's a very busy time right now as we prepare for the masters which gets underway in 15 days from now we'll see you not only on radio next week we'll also see you on television in about an hour and 20 minutes for leg two of our triple header thanks for joining us bob okay peace out everybody have a great day watching Peace out, everybody. That's Bob Week saying sayonara this morning. Okay, coming up on the other side. We're going to take a look at these odds and how they've changed because Tyrrell Hatton's odds are like a yo-yo right now. He's now climbed to plus 2,900. He was plus 1,600 about an hour ago. It's crazy how his odds are have changed. He's currently losing his match one down through three to Ben Griffin, so we'll discuss that. We'll also hear from Mason Dennison from Adidas about the new ZG23 shoe. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside GTC. Well, recently I was in Los Angeles for the Adidas Global Launch, and including that, I had a chance to catch up with Mason Dennison, who is the Adidas Global Footwear Director. Let's hear that interview. Alongside the man behind Adidas Footwear, Mason Dennison. Mason, good to finally do an interview with you in person. We've done a few on, you know, remotely on Zoom and Microsoft Teams. That's just not the same, right? But Look at how, this energy we have. Exactly. How exciting is it this is. night for you? It's exciting. I mean, it's so weird. We haven't done a lot of these events the last few years for good reason. COVID bubble and everything. So to feel the in-person energy and have the athletes here, all the media, um, that's a real exciting night. And, and all the work that you put into a product. Funny enough, we, for, we forget about this product. We're working on Spring 25, so sometimes this product's like, wait, wh when did we start working on this? So we're always working so far in the future, but to stop. Occasionally in life, you gotta stop and celebrate the things that you've actually done or you're working on. Tonight's a great example of that, and it's really fun to see all the hard work pay off. You mentioned Spring of 25, looking ahead, but looking back, when did ZG23 first become something you guys were looking into? October of 2020. Wow. Yes, 28 months ago. 
28 months ago. So, and you're probably wondering, what, how does, why does it take 28 months to make something come out to market? But yes, that's when we started. Okay, so, yeah. so fill us in on you know, where it started and where it is now. You know, like what, what was the mindset back then? How much did things change over yeah. time? I'm sure a lot changed over time. A lot time. changed. The mindset was, how do we make it better? Yeah. That's always starts from like, what, so ZG21 is great, but what can we do? We can make it more comfortable. Can we make it more stable? Can we give you more traction? And then we write a brief and we start toying with things and we start prototyping parts. We get rapid prototype parts that a, like a printer will make to look at it before we open a true mold. So there's all this like engineering going on and then you work it into the full inline process of prototype one, prototype two, final prototype, salesman samples, marketing meetings, color meetings. And I, I could show you a calendar and literally there's like 400 lines of stuff that go on over that 28 months. But I think um, we wanted to make the product better, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to make a good product better. It takes a lot of time, a lot of people, and I have a great team that I work with. Um, and this night it comes to fruition, so it's really cool. And you mentioned you know, making the product better, and yeah. that obviously we see the top players in the world using these products. Yeah. How much do you take their feedback and say, hey, these guys want it this way, let's apply some of what we know into a new shoe? Probably the most important. I mean, for the lower price points, honestly, I'm not going to test tech response with Xander or Colin or Lucas. Like, it's a, it's a $65 shoe. We want to make it best for the consumer. So I look at consumer data, and I will look at what the consumer is looking for. When it's our three key franchises, two or 360, Code Chaos or ZG, that's when we use the athlete the most as a sounding board. So ZG23, super important, use the athlete, the best players in the world, men's and women's tours who we have access to, make sure that they're involved in the process and we're, you know, again, if it's good enough for them, we know it's good enough for everyone else. So, yep, credit. I remember speaking both with you and Xander last year, talking about how the shoe was making, combining fashion and function. Is that what you're trying to do again with this time around with ZG23? I, you know, if that's a good question. Um, fashion's important. Aesthetics, I would say, are important. Yeah. I wouldn't say ZG's primary purpose is to be fashionable. It's a performance shoe. Is a race, is a race car fashionable? Eh, it, it's, it's very fast looking. It's low profile. It's got carbon mixed in, right? Our main purpose was to keep it lightweight and add performance into it. Of course, aesthetics are important. So I don't know. Fashion's huge in golf. There's a versatile segment of people that want to wear product all over, out and about, to the bar after they play. ZG's not that. ZG's an on-course performance shoe, but it still needs to look good. So you see it's a clean silhouette, it uses a premium microfiber. So I guess aesthetics are important, but I would say it's not so much fashion driven, it's more performance driven, especially when it's our top pinnacle product. And so before we go, just walk us through some of the technologies in yeah. the ZG23 that make it the performing shoe that it is. I'll call out three key things. I'll try to keep it simple. Okay, we love the design. It's clean, it's premium, it's like easy to wear. Um, comfort, Light Strike Pro is a new foam that we're introducing. It was Light Strike only before, so I'm, I, I hope this doesn't get too scientific, but Light Strike's a little firmer. So we put in a Light Strike Pro in the middle. It's cushy, it feels like a boost underneath the foot, but it's lighter. So Light Strike Pro is now in the middle. It's got the Light Strike firmer foam in the perimeter. So you get the perimeter stability and the cushion in the middle. That's a huge, you're gonna feel this, if you've worn ZG21, when you put on ZG23, it's more comfortable, much more comfortable. Um, stability, what do we do with the stability fin that was in the sidewall of the ZG21? We put it up near the foot, it's a 3D shape now, lateral medial side, so more stability from the ultralight stability fin. Finally, the traction, the outsole's been enhanced, data-driven design, more secondary traction lugs, a new placement for the six spikes, so a little bit better grip, a little bit better stability, a lot more comfort, no added weight, that's a win for the consumer and the athlete. 
and also boa available too boa is huge and people don't know this but in asia 80 percent of golf footwear sales are boa and even in the U.S. and Europe, it's 15 to 20 percent nowadays. So there's a BOA consumer out there. It's growing, the amount of people buying BOA. We're proud of the fact that we incorporate BOA in a way that enhances performance. It's not a lace replacement. It closes down on the foot in a better way than a lace can provide. That's why we charge a premium. BOA is more expensive, but it can do things that a lace shoe can't. Some people don't know about it. I would say try BOA on, click that dial, and feel it close on the foot. It's incredible. ZG23, been 28 months in the making. Mason, thanks for your time today. I, thank you for your time. The last thing I'll say yes. is it's available in men's, women's, laced and boa, and juniors. We went all in. It's an inclusive approach. I love so it. So it's the same level of technology no matter what your age is um, in men's and women's as well. So uh, thank you. Awesome. Mason, you. thank you. All right, thank you. Always great to chat with Mason Dennison. Love that new Adidas ZG23 shoe. Well, that's been our first leg of our GTC triple header. Catch us again in about an hour, 1 p.m. on TSN 1 and 5, where we'll have a very busy TV show as well. TSN 2 at 7 p.m. will be on again. Uh, where we'll have a very busy, very busy television show looking at the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. Okay, coming up next, the Maple Leafs, not the best effort, lose 7-2 to the New York Islanders. Coming up on the other side here on TSN 1050, it is Leafs Lunch. Thanks so much for joining us today, and remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.